Welcome to FraserCast, a place where we discuss all things autism, mental health, and special needs. I'm your host, Dave Fettig. Today's podcast is sponsored by Forest Lake Auto Group. At Forest Lake Auto Group, we are proud to support Fraser because we care about creating brighter futures for families with special needs. Shop your locally owned Forest Lake Auto Group dealership where you'll drive a little and save a lot. Or visit them online at forestlakeautogroup.com. Our guest today is Chris Bentley, Director of the Career Planning and Employment Program here at Fraser. Chris has led various divisions in her 33 years at Fraser, and we are excited to have her with us today. Today we're going to discuss issues relating to high school, post-secondary education, and the workplace. So let's start with high school, Chris, and the transition that students make. What should parents be aware of? The school programs, um, starting at age 14, start you in on doing transition planning for all students that are on IEPs. So to check with your school at around the age 14 to 15 and see what is the transition plan and be involved in that process. Um, you want to do that before the kids get into uh junior high, senior high, so that there's a little bit more preparation on are they going to try PSEO and college classes during high school, or what are the uh, independent living and future planning pieces that are going to be happening for them. And then for some of the discussion is also whether or not students are going to continue in the 18 to 21-year-old transition program or if they're going to graduate at 18. So that's a part of the planning that you do with the schools as well. What can parents expect when they're working with schools? Are there uniform sort of uh, codes or expectations uh, that parents can uh, experience uh, in various schools, or should they be self-aware? How should they prepare themselves? Well, each school um, is a little bit different, but at the same time, the services are so individualized for the individual students. So it's really about talking with your team and seeing what the options are that are available. So some students are going to be more integrated into their high school curriculum. Other students are going to be um, pulled out for more specialized supports. Um, as I said, some students are going to qualify and benefit from 18 to 20 year old, 21 year old transition planning where they do a lot of work experience and volunteer activities and kind of more preparation for the workplace. If at 18 the students aren't ready for that or not going on to post-secondary ed. So it's really about talking with your school district staff and team and what are the options available to you. So you made a good point about students, their individuals, and they have individual needs. So it's, it's really hard to make generalizations. But in terms of, say, preparing for college, uh, are there things parents should be aware of uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the applications? I know you hinted at this earlier. Maybe describe a little more uh, what's involved with that process. One of the key things to remember when you're preparing your kids for the college experience is that there's a pretty significant transition from high school to college where in high school you still have a lot of teachers that are helping you with daily preparation and reminders and making sure that you're on top of things. When you go to college, you're pretty independent and you need to be organized in being able to support that whole process. This college professors and teachers are not going to be tracking you down to get your assignments turned in. So that's where the high school experience can hopefully prepare students for that process and start working towards more independence. Um, at the colleges and universities, your IEP does not follow you there. Uh, so it's under what they call a 504 plan where you can get some accommodations. 
Um, so you work with the disability offices at the colleges and universities to be able to support that process. Um, vocational rehab services is the other uh, service provider and uh, system that's out there to support individuals as they exit high school. So they're working with students just the last year or two of high school and then in uh, going forward. And so they too can be part of the high school team and then help carry forward, whether it's work supports or higher ed supports, that sort of thing. Um, so it's really about networking with all those different systems to be able to support the student to be successful. So let's talk a little bit more about the services that a student might expect and that a parent can hope that a student would uh, experience. Uh, in transitioning into college, you mentioned a 504 plan uh, and this idea that suddenly this uh, close sort of maybe mentor relationship that my child may have had in high school will be severed. Um, uh, tell me a little more about uh, maybe the one-on-one -on -one help that a student might get in college. So this is where... Um, before college even starts, going through that transition into the college and preparation of being on campus and do, going through your application process, have the conversations with um, admissions about what is available at that specific college. They all are different. Some colleges have what they call the TRIO program, which is more support and services than what the general disability services might have at the college. So check and see what they have available. From there, um, checking in with di the disability services office just to have that conversation about what some perceived accommodations or modifications might be either needed or available. And sometimes it's longer um, periods for test taking. Sometimes it might be accessing some different tutoring services that might be available through the campus. Um, sometimes it might be just another mentor student that they get hooked up with. So there's a variety of things available depending on the institution, but um, you have to go looking for them. They're not going to come looking for you. So checking in with that disability services office is key. Um, prior to college also, again, that's part of that transition plan that you do with your school. And what can they offer in that process as well? And that's where sometimes like vocational rehabs counselors might be available to help counsel in that process as well. Uh, Chris, uh, tell us about rules or laws or regulations that apply to uh, special needs students in schools, high school and college. What can parents expect? What kind of support can they expect from the system? Um, under high school, you're still under the public school system, and so you're still available for uh, special education services and supports that might be available um, and that the student would qualify for. Again, it's very individualized on what they might qualify for based on their individual needs. And that's where the transition planning comes into place um, because that team can then pull in other uh, supports that the student may qualify for, whether it is their vocational rehab worker, um, the student may have a waiver, so it's pulling in case managers or any support systems through that as well. Um, <clears throat> as far as the laws, that's under the IDEA, but that does end at 21. And that's where sometimes people talk about this cliff that we fall off of because it's, a, it's almost a hard 18 to 21. There's things that change because you're moving from the pediatric world to the adult world, and they I don't commingle very well. Um, and you have to get ready for what is that next step, what are those next services, whether it's guardianship and is the individual their own guardian or is a parent or somebody else a guardian for them in helping make decisions. Um, so then the law 
does support services under special education and IDEA until age 21, but then um, that's where you move under the Americans with Disabilities Act and Section 504 to look at what are the accommodations and modifications that might be needed to help that person be successful. So that this transition, this clip that you mentioned, uh, can occur and often does occur while uh, a a child may be in school. A young adult may still be in school. Mm -hmm. uh, so this transition really begins um, uh, right, right at that time. Now let's talk about workplaces a little bit. Um, clearly, it must be the case that some workplaces are better than others at accommodating um, workers with, for example, autism. Um, what can you tell parents about paying attention to uh, the marketplace, the workplace, and, and where their uh, child may fit better? Um. Yeah, and I, again, that's also extremely individualized. Everybody brings their own talents. Um, the investigation, the research, looking at the strengths of the individual. Um, what I would say is there's a lot more discussion and planning that you want to have rather than just go apply for any job. You really want to know that the, um, the environment is going to be one that is supportive and successful. Um, you also want to be sure that the individual can do the tasks that are required. Um, employers are not required to design a job for a person. So it's about you're still in that person needs to fit the job. It's not that they're not going to make some accommodations and modifications to help that person be successful. But we can't walk into an employer and say, I have this person and they want to work here and so you need to design the job to look like this. Or they can only do these many of the expectations and you need to accommodate that. We don't have those kinds of requirements and, and authority on employers to be able to do that. So it really is about um, finding and working with the individual to determine what are their interest areas. What are the strengths that they have, the skills that they have, and then how does that match into the type of work that they would like to do as well as the environment. And sometimes the environment, it could be noise levels that we're looking at. It could be uh, temperature control kinds of things. It could be um, just the tasks in general or what kinds of materials you need to handle. So there's a lot of factors in all of that um, to be able to help make it a good fit. But at the same time, I think it's also important for parents to get their kids to try and um, get some work experience or even volunteer experience during their high school years so that you really can evaluate, can my child take direction from others? Can they handle um, certain pieces of the environment successfully? What works? What doesn't work? So we want to do that before they get through high school, college, and are 26 and have never actually worked for anybody before. There's a lot of things that we can do to prepare them and prepare us for supporting them prior to that period of time. That's really useful advice. Uh, if my student is in college, my child is in college, could I expect some career placement help from a college or university? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've got specifically the offices that help with that, but then also the disability services offices will also help with that process as well. Um, if they have a vocational rehab counselor, then that person is also um, a great support to be able to navigate the opportunities that are out there. What if a school or a teacher or even a workplace just doesn't get it? That is to say, there are some issues, um, whatever they might be, and, and perhaps you can tell us a story or two. Um, what 
what can a parent do to address these sorts of things? It must be the case that a parent wants to try to set their child up for success, and that means independence. On the other hand, there must be this, uh, this uh, anxiety or this uh, sort of helicopter parenting sort of phenomenon that all parents have that must be redoubled with yeah. the students. And I, I think this is a, a great topic of conversation with parents. For all of us as parents, it's really hard to let our child launch into the adulthood piece and not feel protective and um, and wanting them to not have any of those potentially negative experiences that are going to happen regardless of disability or no disability. There's certainly work experiences that people have that are not positive. The key to this, too, is as a parent of an individual with a special need or a disability, if your child did not have that special need or disability would you be providing that support to them? So I, I'm looking at it from this perspective of whether they're in college or whether or not they're in an employment opportunity, your role as a parent is to be the parent, not your child's um, job coach or potentially, I mean, I don't want to say parents shouldn't be advocating for their kids. We do want to do that, but we want to teach the kids how to do that independent of their parent doing it for them. And also um, utilize the support services that are there so that you can keep your role as a parent and not as a job coach or not as a higher ed coach or whatever that might be. So employers aren't going to talk to parents and give that feedback, but they will talk to job coaches. And that's where we want to really help define those parameters so that the parent can instead talk to the job coach about any concerns who can then follow up with employers or higher ed. Um, but it's a, it's a tough one um, for families just because you spend your whole life advocating for your child and assuring the supports are there. But as they reach adulthood, we, we want to teach individuals to, to do that independently, but also to be able to have the resources supporting them if they do need that advocacy and support. That's not the parent's role. Um, and that, that gets difficult you know, if parents are protective of their kids and they want those positive experiences, but it's a fine line to be able to do that. It must be the case. And over time, you have some experience in this field. Um, have you noticed that uh, school systems, workplaces, society in general are sort of waking up or opening up to these issues? I, I imagine if that's true, it'd be easier for a parent to indeed let go, Yeah, that there's more support. Yeah, and I think everybody, as long as we can get them through kind of that one positive experience, whether it's in college or it's in um, an employment opportunity, as soon as that employer has a positive experience with an employee who has a disability, then it's like, we can do this. We can make these accommodations. And there's definitely some employers who are better set up to be able to accommodate that. Sometimes those are your very entry-level positions. But there's also high-level positions that individuals are in where they've figured out how to make those accommodations and modifications and seen the talents that people can have. You know, for example, we have an individual working in a warehouse situation, and there was hesitation um, as far as his ability to work independently in employment. Those of us that know him know once he gets going, he totally can do this all independently. And within his first two weeks, of he was doing kind of the picking and packing and, you know, uh, matching what needs to go in boxes and all of this kind of stuff and with scanners and everything else. Once he was taught that and within the first two weeks, the feedback that we got from the employer was he had the highest accuracy of anybody they'd ever seen. 
So once we get over that hurdle of, oh, I don't know if we can do this and show them the talents that individuals can have and that, you know, with support, this individual can learn this job, then they're more open to looking at other individuals coming in as well. I like the message that you gave us earlier about parents taking note of these questions and issues long before, say, the jumping off the cliff moment, but as a child develops, to think about where these this child may have certain skills or uh, interests and how best to you know guide or direct uh, that child. Um, and that, that's a very powerful message uh, for all parents, but especially for parents with special needs. Uh, when does that begin in your mind? You know, I think there's aspects of it that begin at some pretty early stages. You know, just as an example, I worked with one individual who growing up, his obsession was building with Legos. He ended up going on to work at Legoland and is now an engineer, mechanical engineer. So sometimes we can see the signs of talents and strengths and interests at very early ages. Um, For other individuals, it may not be as well defined for them. But once we start looking at the interest area and how that can look in a job environment, um, we can look at that. Another fun story, this is an individual that I worked with directly, but heard the story of an individual that his high interest area in high school and beyond was garage door openers and garage doors. Well, he went on to a training piece and he's out there fixing garage doors and self-supportive. So sometimes the most unique things can really turn into employment opportunities if we think outside of the box. My biggest recommendation to families is we want to start early in that transition planning. Not that you have to have a career choice at the age of 14, but starting to build those independent skills, um, expecting responsibility and chores, and um, having the kids in you know high school kids and above work for what they're getting. And um, all too often we see a lot of um, individuals not able to move forward because they haven't had expectations of chores and responsibilities. And, you know, we've protected our kids from making things too stressful. But the reality is that has to start at the earliest of ages. And it's really difficult to take an older individual and move them into that phase. That's another great point. Thanks again, Chris. And thank you for taking the time with us today. Yeah, thank you. Very helpful. Thank you for listening to FraserCast, a place where we discuss all things autism, mental health, and special needs. For more information, visit us at www.fraser.org. That's F-R-A-S-E-R.org. Once again, we would like to thank Forest Lake Auto Group for their sponsorship of this episode of the Fraser Podcast.